Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the 10 games from Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. For those of you asking, yes, I am speaking slower. Yes, I am speaking deeper. Yes, I am speaking softer. I am struggling with shortness of breath. I am coughing my absolute brains out. And the only way for me to be able to continue to do these podcasts is to just talk at a bit of a lower energy, lower volume and slower speed. So I apologize that it is not my usual frenetic pace and volume and bombasticity, um, but otherwise I'd probably kill over and die right in front of you. So we've got Wednesday's games to talk about. Let's get straight into them. The first game up for us to look at was the Philadelphia 76ers beating the Hornets 118-111. Joel Embiid returned from one game off and he just toyed with the Hornets, really. 34-11 in 34 minutes, two steals and a block, 61% from the field, 90% from the line, 55 fantasy points. Just a monster game from Embiid. The Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Massive game from him as well. 26-6-4. No defensive stats. We knew all that stuff was going to come down, and it is regressing pretty aggressively at the moment, but a big offensive night. Well, Dan Green decided he'd uh, show some stuff. 16 points with four threes and the two steals and the two blocks. Green is more of a 12-team league player. Uh, sorry, a 14-team league player. He's a fringe 12-team league guy if you're looking for some defensive stats. Shake Milton hurt his knee early in this one. He was able to return. He played 19 minutes, had 13 points. Now, he's not a 12-team league guy anymore. We can get away with from that. He's not worth rostering in those formats. He did end up with 20 fantasy points. It wasn't a bad night overall. He's like a 14-team league guy, and then if someone gets hurt, green, curry, then we can look at him a little bit more. Didn't mean to put those two words together. Wouldn't mind a green curry, to be honest. Maybe help to flush out some of this crap that's sitting in my, uh, in my lungs. As for curry, 29 minutes. Zero points, 0 of 3 from the field. Remember, this bloke was like a top 70 player before he got COVID. Since returning, he's 217th. It's really rough. I think he can still be a top 100 guy, but also the value comes so much from him hitting threes and being a decent scorer, and that's just not happening at the moment. The minutes are also a little bit less than what they were before he got ill. So it is hard to sit here and say that he's 100% a must-hold. I, I probably still will, but it is hard to say. 
Tyrese Maxey almost out of the rotation. Rotation. Matisse Thibel, the painter, he's taken those minutes. 20 minutes for Thibel, five points with a steal, while Maxey just played five minutes. I like Maxey long-term, but uh, yeah, not working for him at this point. For the Hornets, no Paul Washington Jr., no Terry Rozier, so LaMelo Ball started. Ball is already the 58th-ranked player this year in just 26 minutes a night. He's going to be a top 30 player at some point in the next year and a half. He had 22-7-3 with two steals and three triples. He's unbelievably good. If they continue to bring him off the bench when Rogier returns, it's pretty poor coaching. Because I don't know why an NBA player gets as much leash to go out there and just miss every friggin' shot that he takes every game like Devontae Graham does. The dude played 40 minutes tonight. Now, I understand there are a lot of guys out here and Rogier's out. But another night of just watching this guy go an entire half without making a field goal, shooting 27% from the field. He ended up with 18 points and 7 assists. But stop shooting, my guy. Be like Rondo. Just pass up open shots because you're going to miss them. The 7 assists are still nice, but he should not be playing. There should not be a single game from here on out where he plays more minutes than LaMelo Ball. It will happen, but it shouldn't happen. I don't think that Graham... You've got no business rostering Graham unless you're punting field goals. And I think he's going to be the one that loses out when Rogier returns. Cody Zeller, minutes were a bit down. Production wasn't great. That's what happens when you play and beat. But he was still all right. 31 minutes, 9 and 8, 4 assists. He's a 12-team league guy. While as long as Washington's out, Miles Bridges could be an option. Now, Bridges didn't even get to the free throw line at all here. But still had 16 and 8 with two threes. While Gordy Haywood had 22, 6 and 9. Big numbers from those guys. Bridges has got that short-term 12-team league value at this point just because of those absences. Uh, Biombo back into the rotation as well with Paul Washington being sidelined. The next game that we take a look at, the Milwaukee Bucks. They pumped the Indiana Pacers, pumped them, 130-110. Now, earlier today, I did a all-star show. People hated it. That's what people are going to do. How dare you? How dare you? It's insulting to leave DeMontis Sabonis off and put Miles Turner on, which is what I did. And you have a look at this game and you go, mate, fair enough. 33 and 12 for Sabonis with six assists. Turner had three points in 23 minutes. Now, of course, people focus just on one side. Sabonis, he's the key to the, their offense. It was the argument made. My argument is then, okay, who's the fo- who's the the key to the defense? It's the other bloke. And part of the reason I made that decision to have Turner in over Sabonis is that Turner was like a plus 12 on off, and Sabonis, despite sharing the court with Turner for so many of their minutes, is a negative in on off. Negative. So despite the big gaudy numbers he puts up, the team is better off when he sits on the bench. Now, of course, there's noise in that, but that bigger discrepancy is why I went with Turner. Now, it looks stupid after this game, but they were both, look, Sabonis was still a minus 25 in this game. Turner was a minus 32, so that's horrendous. I still think that the defensive value that Turner has brought has been more valuable, but I'm open to debate on that. This was a shit game from Turner. He'll be better. No, no worries. Justin Holiday had a big one. 15 and 8, two steals and a block with three threes in 29 minutes. He probably is more of a streamer than a must hold, but not bad. While Mr. Assists and Steals, TJ McConnell, 12 assists, one steal. This is what he does. It's what he continues to do. That's why he's the 112th ranked player. Probably shouldn't be on waiver wise, to be honest. Malcolm Brogdon was rough in this one as well. 12 points on 29% shooting with two steals and three assists. While uh, Jeremy Lamb, only 18 minutes for Lamb. 
and I know people criticise me, oh man, you're always, always the negatives on Lamb. It's not just the negatives, it's just trying to provide realism and saying that the dude's not going to be a 60% shooter or hitting 98% of his free throws. He in fact hit 100% of his free throws here, he just missed all five of his shots for 0% and two points. I still think that he's a guy to hold, but he was also playing at a level that was well above his head. So hopefully you're able to sell high there. Dougie McDermott had 13 points in 29 minutes. <clears throat> for the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. 31 minutes for Giannis, 21, 14, and 10, two steals and a block, and that's great. While the flat track bully, Bob Portis, only played 17 minutes in a blowout, which is a little surprising but was a massive line. 18 and 9, four threes, three steals and a block. And I've been critical of Portis plenty of times over the, over the course. Rightfully so, I believe. But this is legitimately good. 45 fantasy points from Portis. He's been actually quite impactful for this Bucks team all, all season, really filling his role well. And he's unbelievably the 93rd ranked player in fantasy basketball this season. That number right there would tell you that he probably is a 12-team must-roster. I don't think that I fully believe that, but if you've got him, it's hard to argue with the results we've seen so far. The big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, had 16 points with four triples. He's more of a steals specialist, while Lopez had 11 in 23 minutes, and Middleton only needed 26 minutes, and Drew Holiday only played 27 as well. This was just an ass-kicking, basically right from the beginning. Guys, if you're looking for parts for your car... And there's been so many people who have responded to me, mate, rockauto.com. It is unbelievable. It's where I get parts for my car. And hey, who am I to argue with that sort of uh, customer recommendation? There are so many parts and pieces and makes and models of cars these days. That if you go to a bricks and mortar store, the bloke's not going to have everything you need. You're going to say, mate, I need an engine control model for my Honda Odyssey 2006. And he's going to go, eh, not sure. Probably going to have to look that up. And he looks on his computer and he goes, it's going to be about three to four weeks, mate. And I will think to myself, I should have just ordered this at home on my computer at rockauto.com because I know at rockauto.com, I'm going to get the best price possible. I'm not going to have old Ted over here telling me that the price is 200 bucks and then my mechanic mate comes in and it's 120. That's garbage. At rockauto.com, the prices are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck and in their How Did You Hear About Us box, right locked on and then they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. On to the next game. The Dallas Mavericks beat the Atlanta Hawks. 122, 116. Kristaps Porzingis. No blocks, but really good offensively. 24 and 11 with a three. His defense has been pretty rough this year, but getting back to the value that we hope he can have. He's only 67th this year in fantasy. He had 42 fantasy points here, which is a good night, but good to see him starting to improve. Well, Doncic had 27, 8 and 14, and probably most importantly, hit all 10 of his free throws. 63 fantasy points. He's up to 13th this season in category leagues as well. Big game from Joshy Richardson, 14-6 and six with two steals and two blocks. That's a couple of good games since he returned from his COVID absence. He did shoot 27%, but if he brings defense like that, he's of use. I would stream him in for Thursday, but I'm not convinced he's a must-hold player. I'm also watching Maxi Kleber. Now, you know I talk about TJ McConnell as Mr. Assists and Steals. If you're looking for threes and blocks, Kleber's the guy who's available on waiver wires who's going to do it. Two blocks, 
Two threes, eight points, but most importantly, 32 minutes. And he's available everywhere. He's a must-roster 14-team league player, in my opinion, and he can be a 12-team league guy. Finney Smith only played 29 minutes, with Hardaway eating into some of that, while Jalen Bronson has just stolen all the minutes from Trey Burke. Five to Burke, 24 to Bronson. And that makes sense, because Bronson is the significantly better player. Bronson's a good assist streamer as well, especially if you're looking for that on Thursday. You can look to add him in there, but he got four assists here with 12 points, and I just feel really comfortable when he's on the floor. He just is measured and calm in his approach. For the Atlanta Hawks, the Baptist, John Collins, 40 minutes, 35 and 12. A little bit empty after that. One assist, zero steals, and zero blocks. Perfect sell-high opportunity. He shot 76% from the field. There are plenty of John Collins believers out there. Man, the Hawks, they are doing my boy dirty. They're dicking him around. He needs to get freed. Find that person in your league. I like Collins a lot. I think he's quite a good player, and I think some of the narratives around him aren't accurate at all. But there are people acting like he's the second coming of Karl Malone and that he's being completely unfairly dealt with by the Atlanta Hawks, and that's just bullshit. He won't have games like this all that often. Capella uh, did have some foul issues in this game, and that led to more minutes for Collins, and also the absence of DeAndre Hunter helped him too. So look at him as a bit of a sell high. If you can get maybe top 30 value back, just find the person that believes in freed John Collins. I reckon we've got to have a discussion about Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish was the worst NBA player in, like in the, was the worst player in the NBA last season. Until about the last six weeks of the year, and something clicked, and he seemed to turn it around. The shot was going in. He looked good, so much so that the Hawks, from what I was told from people who had internal conversations, he was the guy that they were banking on to be that player behind Trey Young or next to Trey Young, ahead of DeAndre Hunter, probably equal to or ahead of John Collins as well. They believed in him. He's been dreadful this year. So outside of like a six-week period to end last year, his NBA career has been bad, like very bad. And he was very bad here today. 23 minutes, two points on one of eight shooting. He should not be rostered in 12-team leagues. And I really worried if that was just a little hot streak of shooting and maybe he just isn't an NBA starting caliber player. It's something to discuss, I think. Trey Young had 21 and 9, a pretty good night from him, while Capella had 10 and 13 with three blocks. And Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter, big game from him. He's been much better than anticipated for me this year. 39 minutes, 21 points, 10 assists, four triples, two steals. Um, getting a boost in value because Hunter's out, but he is clearly better than Reddish. It also helps that Bogdanovich is out too. So while Herder has some value short term now, it's not going to last all season. The Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! He played just 21 minutes and had 19 points. Good scoring night and got to the line nine times, but watching him, I don't particularly like what he can do in terms of as a 12-team league player. Now, he's still rostered in far too many leagues. He had 27 fantasy points today. He's the 246th ranked player in category leagues. I don't think that he's going to be a top 100 guy or even a top 120 guy. Therefore, his spot is probably better off being streamed than him just being held on to. Let's move on to the next game. This one was a blowout and not in the way you'd expect. The last two, last time these teams met, it was a blowout and the Rockets smashed the Thunder. Not so much here. The Thunder with a big win, 104-87, and that margin is actually uh, flattering to Houston. They, the Rockets were without John Wall and David Nwaba. Victor Oladipo had 19-3-3 in 32 minutes, and he'll sit out Thursday. Not, nothing great. Sterling Brown was good, 11-6, three threes, two steals, and two blocks, and we've seen it. 
time and time again from Sterlo that when he gets an opportunity to play, he plays well and he puts up numbers. There's just no opportunity here with Oladipo, Wall, Gordon, Tate, Nwaba. Like, where's the house? There's just not enough playing time for him. He's a name to watch, depending on what happens with injuries and uh, trades. Eric Gordon had 22 in 28 minutes, two steals, four assists. He's worth holding for Thursday, and then I'd be trying to sell very high on him. Don't worry about the Christian Wood minutes. He did have some early fouls. He only played 22 minutes, and DeMarcus Cousins played 26. It was just a blowout issue. It's never great to see the guy that's sitting you know, 20th or 30th, wherever he is, 21st in fantasy basketball, play 22 minutes. And as someone with as much name gravitas as DeMarcus Cousins behind him, but I don't think it's a worry long term. Find the, the Christian Wood manager who's panicking and try and get him. Eight points, two threes, three steals, while Cousins had 10 and five. No, I am not adding DeMarcus Cousins after this. Jay Sean Tate played 31 minutes. I like what Tate does, but he was also a team worst minus 20. And Daniel House isn't... So I, people still ask me, is he a 12-team league guy? He's not even close. Two points in 25 minutes for Housey. On to the Thunder. I am not the Darius Baisley stan or his cheerleader or the guy that thinks that he's got this tremendous upside. I'm not that person. Again, I'll say it, I'll say it again. The reason I featured him so much on the sleeper episodes is because he was ranked 650th heading into the season. And that was bullshit. And I said, you take him in rounds 12, 13, maybe round 11. Don't reach too high. And in drafts I was doing, he started going in round nine. And I had, I had no business, I had no interest in getting him there. But the reason I wanted to persist with him this season is the role wasn't changing. He was being made uncomfortable by the coach to get him used to other positions. And I saw the potential for him to be a solid top 100, 110 type of player. And I think we saw that today. He didn't do it on massive usage, just 20% usage. He didn't do it on John Collins-esque 76% shooting. He shot 46%. He just did what realistically he can continue to do. 18 and 12, two threes, two assists and two blocks. Four or four from the line. It's really bloody valuable. I know he's been a disappointment. He's been the 170th ranked player this year. But have a look on your wire and tell me who else is out there that has more upside than Baisley. And the answer is probably going to be no one. MC Hamadou Diallo had a big night. Stop. Time. 16 and 9 with three steals. As long as Gilgis Alexander's out, he's got short-term value, while Horford had 17 and 6. And Teo Maladon. Now, it, it looks rough. Six points on two of 12 shooting is not good. Four assists, six steals, one block. Probably should have had more free throw attempts. Much like Cole Anthony, he is the starting point guard as a rookie. He played 36 minutes. George Hill's out four weeks, and I don't think Hill's getting the starting job back. Add Maladon in all 12-team leagues, and let's just see what happens. In fact, I know you guys want it. Add Theo Maladon. Go and add him, and just give it a bit of time. Lou Dort. No, my son is also named Bort. He's a drop. He was a drop already. He hurt his knee. He's going to have a scan tomorrow. Played nine minutes. He's a drop. Kenrich Williams, 19 points in 23 minutes. This is not a, a sign to add Kenrich in 12-team leagues. He shot 88% from the field. Now, he is a guy that can get you some defensive stats. He can get you three assists with two steals and a block. He can do that. And he's probably going to have a larger role with Shea and Hill out and Pokyshevsky at the G League but it's only for deeper leagues. Don't get fooled. 
Roby played 19 minutes. Would have liked to see a little bit more, but yeah, he. You know, I like him, but it's realistically just when Horford's out, where his value comes up. And Justin Jackson, I tell you what, Justin Jackson did well in this game. He proved to us once again that he is actually the worst fantasy player in the NBA. Tony Snell had the crown, and then he said, "Mate, I'm about to leave this league, so you can have it." This guy would need to play 84 minutes a night to even sniff the top 150. Four points in 30 minutes, two of nine shooting. He, he's actually really bad, but he still finds a way to get minutes, and I, and I don't really understand it, but he does. Guys, if you want to make a bet to see if Justin Jackson's points total will be over under six and a half, maybe Bet Online has that for you. I'll tell you what, they definitely have. Super Bowl props, heaps of them, but also the basics, game spreads, game totals, straight up winners. Are you picking the Chiefs or are you picking the Bucks? Picking Tom Brady? Or you're picking Patrick Mahomes for Super Bowl MVP. I'm taking Mahomes. I'm taking the Chiefs to win with the points. And I'm taking the Chiefs, obviously, to win outright. There's only one place that has you covered for all your Super Bowl gambling needs. And there's only one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. And use the promo code LOCKEDON and you get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. <clears throat> get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. Uh, the holidays, they're finally behind us. And it's now time to catch up on much-needed sleep. I had eight hours last night. It was awesome. And even though getting a good night's sleep is much easier said than done, our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to sleep harder than NBA media is sleeping on DeAndre Hunter. This will always make me laugh. CBD PM, CBD PM blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. You know what's funny? In Australia, melatonin, you can only get it with a prescription. There you go. If you want to relax a little before bed, the new CBD bath salts fuse superior CBD with Epsom, Deep Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bath into a luxury experience. And they're available in lavender or eucalyptus scents, as well as a soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs. And to make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com. The promo code's MBA, and you get 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Let's flick it now to the next game. It is the New York Knickerbockers and the Chicago Bulls. The um, <clears throat> the Knicks get the win over the Bulls, 107-103 in the end. And I told you this was going to happen. I, didn't, I couldn't tell you when it was going to happen, but I told you it was going to happen. Told you. Alfred Payton played 35 minutes. He had 20 points with eight rebounds and four assists. And as soon as he played well, you knew that laughing numbskull Tom Thibodeau would get in there and play in big minutes. It was always going to happen. So therefore, Emmanuel quickly played 13 minutes. Thibodeau says, screw developing anything. Let's try and just wring whatever value we can get out of the, the busted-ass half-lemon that is Alfred Payton, Austin Rivers, and Reggie Bullock. Don't worry that we've got lottery picks wasting away on our bench. Don't worry, we've got a rookie who's one of the top three rookies in the NBA this season and we'll limit him. Don't worry about that bullshit. I just have a rule and I'm inflexible as what my current hips feel like and I just won't break that rule. It's frustrating. It's bad. It's wrong. And the Knicks are winning games, right? That's fine. But they are not in the position to win, win games. They sh it means nothing if they win games. Oh, well, they get to 10th and they're in the playing game. 
Who gives a shit? It just makes their draft picks worse and they get stuck in this zone forever. That's why I hated the Thibodeau hire. I know he's a better coach than David Fisdale. How hard is that? How hard was that to be better than Fisdale? I know he's better. It's clear. But it doesn't actually mean anything. So, if you added Emmanuel quickly, which you should have, you're going to have to deal with this bullshit. But you've got to play the long game here. Because Peyton will probably suck next game. And he'll play 20 minutes and quickly he'll play 29. But this is what happens with, uh, with Tibbs and his bullshit. Alec Burks only played 19 minutes. Very tough to hold him. 3-3-5. Three, three, and five. While Nerland's Noel had three blocks, an excellent defensive steals and blocks streamer. Three blocks in his 20 minutes, while Mitchie Robinson had eight and 11. Good game from the double royal as well. Twenty-seven, six, and six with five threes. He'd been dropping off a little bit in his efficiency. Good to see a fifty-five percent shooting night from Julius Randle. While Rowan Barrett struggled from the line, one of three. Seventeen, seven, and two. No peripherals. That's sort of just how he rolls at this point. Um, Barrett is the hundred and forty-sixth ranked player, which is significantly better than last year when he was the two hundred and forty-sixth. Twenty-four fantasy points for Barrett here in this one. Austin Rivers getting eighteen minutes is always necessary, and. The other thing that's confusing about Tibbs is, right, he just has this issue with rookies. But if you've got an issue with rookies, Obi Toppin shouldn't be playing. He's actually bad. Like, he's really bad. You know I hated the draft pick at the time, but he's he's really bad. He shouldn't be playing at all. Five, if, sorry, he shouldn't be playing at all under Tibbs's theory of I only play the players who are going to help me win because he doesn't help you win. So that's why I don't understand the disconnect there. All for him playing to try and develop you got to get minutes into your aging veterans like Toppin. But he's bad. Five points in 10 minutes for Obi. On to the Bulls. Thad Young, must roster player, clearly. 26 minutes, 19 points, five steals and a block. Zach Levine had 24, 5 and 7. Good night from him. Kobe White, pretty rough. Kobe White's not a starter. He's not an NBA starter. 13, 3 and 6 for him. While Pat Williams played 32 minutes and had 12 and 7. Good for him because he's been struggling a little bit. Otto Porter's out. It's helping him. Um, I still don't think he's a must-roster 12-team league player, though. <clears throat> 23 fantasy points for Williams here. Dan Gafford. Not that good. 20 minutes, 4-6, and six, a steal and a block. No, absolutely no danger of him holding on to this starting job when... Um, uh, what's his name? When Wendell Carter returns. Larry Markkinen, man, this guy goes from these... And I had him on my sell-high show the other day saying, this dude's shooting 65% with no defensive numbers. It's going to fall off. Nine points in 36 minutes with nothing else. He's like big man Gary Trent. If the shots don't fall, what the hell else is he doing? Uh, we're not dropping him, of course, but that's why I had him as a sell high. Only uh, 14 fantasy points here. Not the greatest performance, I would say, from, uh, from Lowry. Let's move on to the next game. It is the Cavs. They go down to the Clippers, 121.99. Back-to-back for the Clippers, and Kawhi Leonard played 32 minutes. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> I said this somewhere, and I said, it's amazing that it's a back-to-back for the Clippers, and we don't even go, oh, maybe Kawhi's going to sit. We just go, oh, he's playing him now. And it's just, it's just the thing that happens. 24-6, and six, Paul George was unbelievable. 36-4-6 and six with eight triples. Well, Zubats, I love Zubats, 28 minutes, 10-16, and 16, two steals and three blocks. I think he's better than Serge Ibaka, but it doesn't matter if I think that. It matters if Ty Lue thinks it. He was clearly better here, but who knows if that's going to stick. 
Ibaka wasn't a slouch though. 14 and 4, two threes and two blocks. Pretty good numbers. And Ibaka's still the 12-team league guy that you want. Reggie Jackson, another shithouse game from him. 23 minutes, zero points. He's not good. We're all well aware of that. But the, the opportunity's been handed to him with Patrick Beverly out. And he made the most of it early on. He hasn't made the most of it the last two games. I would still be okay holding him. Marcus Morris isn't a 12-team guy. Three points in 23 minutes. While it was a stinker from Batum, seven points in 24 minutes, but he's still worth holding in 12s. A nice 15-point performance from Lou Williams, but don't get overexcited. He's not even inside the top 250 this year, Lou Williams, for the Cavs. Andre Drummond returned from his back injury. He's actually really, he's terrible. He's not a good NBA player. Watching him play, defensively, he doesn't care. He moves out of the way. Offensively, he had a 38% usage. Now, that's on him, and it's also on Bickerstaff. Because Bickerstaff's got to go out there and say, Drummo, stop taking these horrendous shots. And if you do, you're sitting down. And Drummond's got to realize, much like prime Dwight Howard, or I was going to say prime Andre Drummond, that he's not good. He can't do this shit. 13-5 and five on 31%. But Josh, he's so good at getting fantasy stats. He's a great defender. He puts up rebounds. He's not. He's actually a bad defensive player and a bad offensive player. And the 22 minutes he played is all he should play moving forward. Now, that won't happen, but he should. Also, shout out to Andre Drummond and his performance in a contract year. Allen played 26 minutes, had 7-9-5 and five with one steal and two blocks. If you've got two eyes that work, and even if only one of them works, you can clearly see that Allen's the better player here. But I don't know if I trust him to get 26 minutes every night. We're still holding him because maybe we have faith that the coach will realize this. But this is why that when that trade went down, I went, oh no, Drummond is going to lose a ton of fantasy value because he's not going to play 37, 36 minutes a night. Some, they're going to get a player who is better in and eventually they're going to realize it. I don't know when it will be, but they are going to realize it. Big game from Darius Garland. Shot fantastically. 61%. 23 points with only two assists. He was a minus 25, so that's not ideal. But he has been fantastic this year. He's the highest assist percentage player on this team. But he's also got pretty good shot selection. He's taking majority of his shots at the rim. And then the next highest percent of his shots are coming um, uh, in terms uh, as threes. So that's, that's really strong that he's taking... You have vast majority of his shots either at the rim or from three. He's also assisting on 37% of the Cavs made threes, which is a great number. He gets a lot of assists at the rim as well because this team is loaded with these good cutters like uh, Isaac Okoro and Garland spots them up. I think he's a, I think with way, the way he's developed his uh, playmaking and the way his shooting's improved, I think he's going to be a pretty strong point guard for this team. I really like what I've seen from him. Just showing, um, showing that value that how bad point guards can be in their first season. He's been awesome. A very Colin Sexton line here. He had 27 points and shot the ball well. Now, he did add five assists, so that's good, but one rebound. One three. He only took one three. This is like Colin Sexton line of old. Now, it came to 38 fantasy points, which is good, but he has dropped off from that guy that was like a top 35 category player for a bit. He's back outside the top 50 now. And I think this is about the right area for him. Um, I thought Dylan Windler looked really good out there. Two blocks, one steal, five rebounds. He's absolutely a name to watch. I don't see the path to minutes. I think he's better than Torian Prince. I think he's probably better than Shetty Osman. I don't think he's going to get these minutes straight away. And I think if he was in... Now, the problem is he plays the position that Prince and Osman then love and Nance play, so the minutes just aren't going to be there. But if, watch if they make trades, watch what they do. He, I really like what he does. 
Isaac Okoro plays well, but he doesn't put up any numbers. Two points in 28 minutes. I thought maybe he could be impactful enough to be a 12-team league guy because the minutes were going to be there. But, man, he on a per-minute basis, he's actually as bad as my initial, very, very initial um, fantasy translation suggested he would be. Next game. I'm going forever here. Sorry, guys. Um, I think it's because of how slow I'm talking. The Wizards and the Heat. The Wizards get a win against Miami. Man, is Miami in trouble? Uh, I don't know. They. I, I remember when I did my preseason NBA title pick uh, and conference final pick show, and I didn't have Miami there. People were uh, not happy with it. They At the moment, they've got no chance of getting back to the conference finals. The Wizards beat them 103-100. Brad Beal had a big game, 32-8 with four threes. Do you think Brad Beal should be an all-star starter? I don't, obviously, but I had him in the team. Davis Bertans looked a little bit better, 26 minutes, 11 points with three threes, but still, is it enough to consider him must roster? I'm not sure that it is. I also don't understand what the hell Scott Brooks is doing with, uh, with Mo Wagner. Now, I know the organization doesn't think he have, has a future there, but they surely don't think that Robin Lopez does or Alex Len does, who played 27 minutes. Len had 10 and 8 in this game. Um, I reckon we dropped Wagner. Uh, we needed him to get consistent 24-25, and it's just not going to happen. Len's a name to watch for deeper leagues. Troy Brown back in the rotation. Should never have been out of the rotation, but he was back in it. Nine points in 21 minutes with seven rebounds, but it also took Westbrook being out, and it took Neto being injured um, for him to get back in. Please drop Rui Hachimura. He's not a 12-team league guy. 35 minutes, 11-9, and 27% shooting, 56 from the line. He's not worth it. And Ish Smith went scoreless, missed all eight of his shots, and they still won. Six assists for Ish. He was a stream option with um, uh, with Westbrook being out. For the Heat, another strong game from Adebayo, 17, 11, and 6 with two steals. While Jim Butler was awesome as well, 19, 8, and 9 with a steal, and shot 82% from the line. A Linux minutes pushed back up, 27 here for Cali. 8 and 11 with a steal and a block, shot 22%. But... Those sort of minutes are worthy of 12-team value. It's probably more of a streamer at this point and a definite 14-team league guy, but that, that's something to watch. While Tyler Hero had 20 points and not a lot else. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Dragic struggled, 10 points with four assists. I am still holding him in most 12-teamers, but again, if there is a hot free agent out there, I don't think his upside is all that high that you need to hold on for dear life. Max Struess, who played well last game, played three minutes. And Kendrick Nunn, of course, again, was a DNPCD. Let's move on to the next game. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they are horrendous. They lose to the Spurs 111-108. They were up massive in the fourth quarter and then just horrendous coaching, horrendous point guard play, and they lose 111-108. I've said it before and I get criticized, but I don't actually mind getting criticized for things that I feel pretty... Com- uh, pretty um, um, yeah, confident in. He's not a good basketball player in terms of winning games. Someone tweeted at me the other day saying if D'Angelo Russell still played for Kenny Atkinson, he'd be an all-NBA player. I couldn't believe it when I read it. He's not actually an NBA caliber starter, I don't think. Now, that doesn't always tie into fantasy value because he's going to play, he's going to get minutes, and he's going to put up numbers. 20 points, 5 assists, and 3 blocks, weirdly. But man, he is not good. Malik Beasley had 29 points. He's been a big surprise this year to me. Uh, he's really, he had that like what, four week 
little uh, audition last year with a ton of players out and stepped up, and he's continued on, so good for him. Well, Naz Reed had 8 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 steals in another start, but he'll go back to the bench when Towns is back. Another start for Anthony Edwards. I doubt they're moving him out of the starting lineup, but 14-6 and six is all right, but still, he just lacks so much from a fantasy perspective. So much in those peripheral numbers. Um, the efficiency is a problem for him as well. But again, who is the higher player or upside player on your wire? I don't know who it is. He had 27 fantasy points here. Vanderbilt, only 16 minutes. This is not good considering Townsend, Hernan Gomez didn't play. I think they're going to go back to limiting him, um, which is a shame because he's better than so many other players that get more minutes. I reckon you could probably consider dropping him. Josh Okogie continues to start and not do huge amounts in his time. Jalen Noel's a guy I like. Deeper leagues, absolutely. He's putting up some interesting scoring numbers. He's probably going to lose his role when Culver comes back. But I'd argue that he's, at this point, he's better than Jared Culver. Culver's not doing a huge amount here at all. For the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge is out. He's going to miss a few games. Jakob Pertl played brilliantly. I'd add him. 19-8, and eight, a steal and four blocks. You know that I've spoken about Pertl many times, that I love what he does. His advanced stats love him. And I said, probably next year, he's going to be this top 60 player. I don't see them benching Aldridge for Pertl, but if Aldridge is hurt, Pertl's going to start and he's going to be great. Add him and let's figure it out later. Maximum Derek White only played the 25 minutes. Maximum Derek. 10 points, 8 assists and a block. Please make sure he's not on your wire. Please. People are saying to me, oh, I'm not sure who to add. Is it, do I, I'm trying to find a name that would make uh, make more sense. But it'll be like, is, uh, do I add Cameron Johnson or Derek White? Guys, get Derek White out of your head for the end of roster value. That is not who he is. He's a top 60 guy, top 50 guy, best case. DeJounte had 15, 11, and 6, while DeRozan was really good. 30 and 8 with 6 assists, of course, no 3s, um, but great 91% from the line. Um, Keldon Johnson, poor night from Keldon, 6 points in 21 minutes, while Lonnie Walker somehow was worse, 1 of 10 for 2 points. Lonnie has no business in a 12-team league, and honestly, no business in a 14-team league, and you know what? Also, honestly, probably no business in a 16-team league. He's the 225th-ranked player this year, and he's been given every opportunity. And he's just not good. Trey Lyles um, had nine points in 13 minutes. Not much to look at there with him, I don't believe. All right, on to the next game of the day. The Phoenix Suns, they just get embarrassed by the Pelicans. 123-101. Devin Booker, man, 25 points is good for sure. Um, Two assists and no threes is not. No steals, no blocks. 88 from the line, that's coming back. I don't think top 20 Devin Booker's returning. Because it relies upon him being a 90% free throw shooter, but also being a guy that gets six assists, and that's just not going to happen. McCall Bridges brought the defense, one steal and three blocks, but only eight points. He's a much better category league player than he is a points league player. Um, Therefore, there is some buy low value there. 28 fantasy points today is all right. Dunno Ayton again, just... This guy's so frustrating, and he must be frustrating as a Suns fan as well. 13 and 11, good rebound numbers. One block, one free throw attempt. Like, dude, you look huge, but you just cannot you cannot put your stamp onto a game. Not sure if top 28 never returns either, to be honest. Chris Paul was always a sell-high option, as I detailed on my sell-high show. Didn't expect him to drop this much. 10 points in 25 minutes with four assists and a steal. He'll bounce back at some point. While Cameron Johnson, only 26 minutes. He is not a 12-team league guy. Eight points, two threes, three assists, four rebounds. How about Jay Crowder? 13 minutes. Are they that out on Jay Crowder? Now, to be fair, Jay Crowder's reputation has preceded his level of play for a couple of years now. 
Have the Suns just figured out that he's not good? 13 minutes is wild. Especially when Abdul Nadir is playing 13. I like Nadir. I think he's better than Crowder. And 16 minutes for Langston Galloway. All this comes down to saying it's a pretty clear drop for Crowder in 12-team leagues. And I think you've got to make the move in 14 teams as well. This was just ugly from Phoenix. Real ugly. On to the Pelicans. Zion Williamson. Now, we know he's a high-usage player, or he can be. 28 points. 86 from the line. Most players, if they did that, I'd say, well, that's not happening. That's not sticking for Zion. I go, you know what? Maybe it can. He just can't be stopped sometimes. 28 points on 14 shots. He was 75% from the line. He hit a three. He had seven boards, six assists, and a steal. The framework for being a top 10 player is there. We saw it a couple of games ago, flashing big steal and block numbers. We saw it here, flashing assists. We've seen it all season and last year, big scoring on big field goal percentage. We've seen the flashes of the improvement in free throws. It's all there. It's just all got to come together. I think that's for next season. I think, do I want to say it? I think he's a top 10 player next season. Under no circumstance am I drafting him there. And I'd like to see how more of this season progresses. But my early season call is he's a top 10 player next year. Ingram had 23, 4, and 6 with two blocks. And Lonzo Ball, since he heard the trade rumors, he just went, screw this. I'm just going to play awesome now. 18 points, 4 threes, 6 rebounds, 1 assist and a steal. He's been great. 59th ranked player over the last two weeks. Steven Adams returned from his one-game absence for it to be a plus 21. 11 and 13, good stuff there. While Bledsoe was also relatively solid, 11 and 3. Alexander Walker, just the 20 minutes, 6 points, 5 assists and 3 steals. So the 5 assists and 3 steals are nice. The 29% usage is nice. He's a luxury stash. We're waiting for a Bledsoe trade, which I think will happen, but or a Lonzo trade. It doesn't actually matter if JJ Redick really gets traded. Now, Redick did play 18 minutes here, but that's not impacting Alexander Walker's minutes that much. He can still be useful enough in, say, 14-team leagues, Alexander Walker, to, to play regardless. But realistically, in standard leagues, we're looking at him as just a long-term stash. They put Billy Hernan Gomez in as the second center uh, ahead of Jackson Hayes. Now, let's be honest, Stan Van Gundy got fooled by one game. Hernan Gomez isn't very good. Hayes also isn't very good. Let's be clear about that. Hayes is also 20 with some room to improve. Hernan Gomez had four and five in 19 minutes. I'd like him to play a little bit more Kyra Lewis, who only got in for garbage time. He had two points in his uh, 20 uh, or three minutes. Uh, I wonder if Jackson Hayes is going to go make a video telling Van Gundy to suck his dick. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, after he was snubbed from the rookie sophomore game last year, he went on Snapchat, Instagram Live, I'm not sure, and told the NBA, the NBA, the whole organization, to suck his dick. Jackson, you're not that good. Um... Yeah, hated that pick when it was made, and it uh, hasn't aged particularly well for David Griffin in, the, in that spot, as he's losing his job here to Billy Hernan Gomez, a guy that's on, I believe, his third NBA team. Not great from the uh, from the Suns in this one, um, but a big win for the Pelicans, for sure. All right, so let's go on to the uh, last game of the day. Sacramento Kings squeak one out against the Celtics. 116-111. Great win from the Kings there in the end to get that one. There was no Kemba Walker or Peyton Pritchard or Marcus Smart for the Celtics. So they had to run some pretty iffy lineups. There was a double-double from Tristan Thompson in there, 17 and 10. Not much else. I don't know why Thompson's getting as much playing time. And I need to do some work on this. 
But I'd love to see their record and their yeah, the on-offs and that sort of stuff when they play with the two centres. I don't like it at all. Um, 17 and 10 for Thompson, 11, 4 and 4 for Tice. Tice is the guy that I'd prefer there. It was also the rock DJ, Robbie Williams, with a big game. He played 19 minutes. He had 9 and 8 with two steals and a block, and he was a perfect 4 of 4 from the field. Now, we've never denied that when Williams gets minutes, he'll put up fantasy stats. It's just finding those minutes, which is going to be extra tough when Smart returns and when Walker's playing, because they won't start two centers for Williams to get 18 minutes a night. He can be a nice streamer for blocks and in field, for field goal percentage in particular. He's got real value there, but upside is pretty limited until you know they decide to play him ahead of Thompson. Jason Tatum, 27, 9 and 10, a big night there. Not all that efficient, but big usage. While I talked ad nauseum about Jalen Brown being a regression candidate and a sell high, a lot of people disagreed with me. It just never felt right that he was going to be you know, a 60% pull-up mid-range two-shooter. He's really good. Had him in my all-star team today. 21 points, but 39% shooting. Four assists, zero steals, one block. We're seeing it start to come down now. He's still uh, a guy that's around that top 20. He'll probably fall outside the top 20 after today. But I think he's more of a 30 to 45 ranked player versus a 15 to 20 ranked player. Jeff Teague is cooked, man. My name is Jeff. Uh, and I've said this for weeks as well. He will not be a rotation player by the end of this season. He started today and had seven points on one of six shooting in 23 minutes. Tremont Waters is better than him. Peyton Pritchard is definitely better than him. Now, when Pritchard and Smart and Walker are all back, Teague won't be in this rotation. He's going to get an opportunity just because Smart's out. Now, Kemba only rested today, so he'll be back next game. But he is he's cooked. He's not good at all. Not also sure what they do with Grant Williams. Uh, only 15 minutes here after his big game last time. He wasn't particularly good. It was a minus 10. I also think they play Javante Green way too much. Three points in 15 minutes for him. But some good production from Tatum, from Williams, and from Brown there. For the Kings, Tyrese Halliburton, the most the thing that gets me most excited about this, 22% usage for Tyrese. That's awesome. 21 points, five threes, four assists, two steals. We know he can do all the peripherals, get the big steals, get big assist numbers, hit threes and do it efficiently, but we didn't know if he could be able to maintain a 20 and above usage. I'm still not convinced that he can, but this was great. It's also massive from De'Aaron Fox, who was huge in this win, 26 points and 11 assists, while the pencil, Harrison Barnes, Barnsey. 24 points for Barnsey. Five rebounds and six assists. And you look at it and you go, shit, he didn't even do it on high percentage shooting. 41%. But, but, he got to the line 10 times and he hit nine of them. That's, the, that's, that's a, a key contributing factor. Barnsey's the 28th ranked player over the last two weeks. I think he's a massive sell high. But unless someone wants to give you a top 70 or top 80 player back, I'm not selling him. Just write it out. He's playing unbelievable. Best basketball of his career, easily. Bud Heald had 15 and 11. The 11 rebounds are a nice uh, surprise, to be sure. If I can find the button. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. Um, the poor shooting's not great. While Rashawn Holmes ended with only 30 minutes, this Hassan Whiteside infatuation needs to go away, Luke Walton. There's no need for it. Whiteside was 9-6 and six in 19 minutes, while Holmes had 7-6 and six in 30 minutes. It may, makes Holmes a bit of a buy-low, to be honest, um, and this needs to go. Well, 19 minutes for Marvin Bagley. If we're going to be brutally honest, this is the amount of minutes that Bagley should be playing for where he is in his career. Now, I understand trying to develop him, and he should get all of those backup centre minutes that Whiteside gets. But at this point, he's not good. Now, there are plenty of Marvin Bagley stands around. Bagley's a beast. Walking 20-10. and 10. 
He just hasn't been given the chance, guys. He's going to go out there and dominate. Now, I would say sell high to that Marvin Bagley person in your league. The problem is, is if you still have Marvin Bagley on your roster, you're that guy. So that's probably pretty hard to do. Now, unless there's someone else in your league who believes it and just wants to buy into the upside, I just don't see it. He's ranked 227th this year. He's not particularly good. And if his dad wants to come on this podcast and fight me, I welcome it. He's not particularly good. I wouldn't be bothering with him in 12-team leagues, Marvin Bagley. Let's have a look at some other things now. Um, the top ads, De'Anthony Melton up 14%, the wave pool. I think that makes sense. I don't know what I'm scared of what Taylor Jenkins is going to do, but I want to see where it goes. Teo Maladon up 13%, much like Cole Anthony. Grab him. Let's figure this shit out later on. Malik Monk up 11%. Made sense with Rogier out to stream him in, but he's got no long-term value. And streaming in on a 10-game day is probably not your best idea. The painter Matisse Thibel up 9%. Don't really get that one either. Maybe it's for uh, the Sixers game on Thursday, but upside's low. And then Mo Wagner at 8.5%. Well, I do understand why that happened. Unfortunately, Scott Brooks didn't come to the party and decided to DMPCD him so he could try and develop Alex Lennon and Robin Lopez. I think we can move on from Wagner pretty clearly there. Drops. The Duke Wayne Ellington down 16%. If I could get in Dwayne Casey's head, I'd love to. Love to. He's playing like 19 minutes a game now, Allington. Drop him. Jared Vanderbilt down 10%. As much as I like Vanderbilt, is the equal to the amount that I don't trust Ryan Saunders, so I'd be okay with dropping him. Jay Crowder down 7%. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He's just shit all the time now. Although, I was reading some Suns people, and they think that he might be back in the starting lineup. And that doesn't matter for fantasy, because we're not holding him in 12-team leagues, but... I'm not sure how these recent performances would convince you that he's back there. Now, he does play better in a starting lineup, and he had that great run in one playoff series with the Heat last year. But, yeah, I'm not worried about that. Terrence Ross down 7%. He's obviously in a slump. I have no problem with adding Terrence Ross. We know he's going to be up and down, and when he's hot, he's unbelievable. And then you can drop him after that. And Torian Prince down 6.5%. Why the hell was he even rostered to begin with? His roster percentage is one of the most baffling things that I've seen this year. I know people love Rui Hachimura, so he's rostered in a ton of leagues. People believe in Hassan Whiteside, so he's rostered, rostered in a lot of leagues. Who the hell is believing in Torian Prince that he keeps showing up here, that he's rostered in enough leagues to be one of the top five most dropped players? How is he rostered in that many leagues? I don't get it. The monstrous line of the night. The big fella, Yanni Antetokounmpo, triple-double, limited minutes. I don't think that's too much of a surprise. It was pretty tight up the top, and you'll see that Actually, you won't see that. You'll just see who the top 10 players were. But Yanni was right up the top there with his 21, 14, and 10 game, two steals and a block, 88 from the field and 88 from the line. He's obviously been somewhat disappointing this season. A guy that was picked in the top three in many category leagues. I think I did have him third, to be honest, in understanding that you had to punt free throws. It's been even worse than I anticipated, but it's been also paired with a drop in his rebound numbers to a pretty large degree. And that's caused uh, a bit of a slide. He went from 13.6 down to 11 rebounds. His field goal percentage is about the same. The free throws have dropped quite a bit. Um, and he's scoring almost three points fewer per game as well, despite playing more minutes. Usage has dropped from 38 to 32 with Drew Holiday around. Interesting. The rookie of the night, Tyrese Halliburton. 21 points, four assists, two steals for Tyrese, five triples. Um, Lamello Ball was right there. 
right there. Uh, Halliburton just pipped him in the end, but it was pretty bloody close. And depending on <clears throat> your scoring system, um, you could have had uh, Mallow ahead of him. Halliburton's a 64th ranked player this year. He's been a massive surprise. Not that I didn't like his fantasy skill set. It was just I wasn't sure how many minutes they'd play him immediately. I thought there was a chance they could start him, to be honest, but they haven't done that. And they're still playing him tons of minutes, so that's credit to the Kings. He's averaging 11, 3, and 5.5 and with 1.2 steals on a true shooting of 60, which for a rookie is amazing. Really good stuff. The top 10 players in category leagues today. Yanni was number one, Embiid was number two, and Doncic was number three. They were all within a bee's dick of each other. Number four is Paul George. Number five was John Collins. Number six was DeMontis Savonis. Seven was the flat track bully Bobby Portis. Number eight was Fanta Pants Kevin Herter. Number nine was Darren Fox. And number 10 was Jason Tatum. For points leagues, number one was Doncic, number two was Antetokounmpo, number three was Embiid, four was Tatum, five was Sabonis, six was George, seven was Collins, eight was Beale, nine was Zion Williamson, and ten was De'Aaron Fox. Sorry, this podcast has been going on forever. I'm going to do a little DFS preview now as well, So, uh, and then we'll be out of here. But I do apologize for the length, which is not a phrase that I've said all that often in my life. Wink, wink, giggity. Giggity! All right, so let's have a look at the five games for Thursday, looking at what injury news we need to pay attention to. The first game is the Jazz and the Hawks. The Jazz here are seven and a half point favorites. It's totals 224, and uh, it's a back-to-back for the Hawks. DeAndre Hunter didn't play on Wednesday, so that's the big question mark, whether he's going to play or not. If he is out, then Herder and Reddish and Collins and all those guys get a bump just by virtue of having some extra minutes and some extra shot attempts. Utah, pretty uh, injury neutral at this point, I guess is the way we'd play it. Play it. The second game is the Warriors and the Mavericks. No spread or total out at this stage. It is a back-to-back for Dallas. So, Kristaps Porzingis, we're assuming he's not going to play. Porzingis. So, Willie Cauley-Stein will probably be the guy that gets the start at center. Some extra value maybe for Maxi Kleber there as well. Um, for the Warriors, no Looney, no Wiseman. So, we're probably going to get Juan Toscano-Anderson starting next to Draymond Green. Gives a little bit of extra value maybe to Eric Pascal, depending on how his back's going. But he was absolutely dreadful in the last game. But there is some value really opening up there for Toscano-Anderson. The uh, Blazers and the Sixers is the third game of the day. It's a back-to-back for Philly. So, I guess we've got to check on the status for Joel Embiid. There's a few ones we have to check on for Portland as well because Damian Lillard is questionable. Derek Jones is questionable. Nasir Little is out. So if Little is out, Jones is out. We get Rodney Hood back at the three. And then what happens if Lillard is out? Do they start Anthony Simons, who had his own weird minutes restriction last game? And then that means that, you know, are we going to get Blevins or Allaby, who have to step up into a big rotation role? A lot of shots going to Gary Trent in that one. So there is some real opportunities potentially opening up on that Portland team, depending on the status of Jones, but more importantly, depending on the status of Damian Lillard. The next game is another team on a back-to-back, the Houston Rockets and the Memphis Grizzlies. The Rockets were smashed by the Thunder. They are one-point underdogs against the Grizzlies here, who, again, one-point favorites, and the total is 224. No Jonas Valanciunas, no Grayson Allen, no David Nwaba. Also, not likely to be any Victor Oladipo, while John Wall should return. Wall didn't play Wednesday. Oladipo did. They'll just switch over uh, into this one. The last game is the Nuggets and the Lakers. No Gary Harris again. So Monty Morris will draw another start. I assume they go back to Will Barton at small forward and Porter comes off the bench. And how they limit his minutes will be very interesting. Anthony Davis and LeBron are both probable, but we know they're going to play regardless. PJ Dozier out for Denver there as well. In terms of value options over on Fangio, 
Uh, for this entire slate, which, again, during the pregame show, I will cover a little bit more once we get more information about lineups and who's in or who's out. I like Corley Stein quite a bit. I like Monty Morris. Uh, I think Ubre is worth looking at at 53. Uh, Jar Morant, Joel Embiid. Lillard will be great value if he plays. I like Wood. Uh, I like Wiggins a little bit. Um, Toscano Anderson is in play there as well, although he has jumped up to 4,900. Uh, 10-3 for Davis is probably a little bit high there as well. Uh, and then you've got someone like uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell at 7800 who comes in at not a bad price tag. Again, as I said, I'll be back tomorrow with the pregame show with more information about values across this slate once we get more information and things clearing up with some of these injury scenarios. So check it out there. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Live mailbag show, forgot to mention that, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on the YouTube channel. Live mailbag show, we go for about half an hour. Get your questions ready, drop them into the chat, and we'll answer them as best we can. Today's episode was brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.